Welcome to Transparency with Diana B, a podcast from wealthmanagement.com focused on advisors' personal well-being and healing. In this podcast, we explore some of the deepest struggles and hardships that many advisors face and bring these issues out into the open so that others may find healing. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to overcome the stresses and anxieties as Diana draws from years of expertise and guest experts to manage the personal challenges of advisors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Transparency with Diana B., a podcast by WealthManagement.com. My name is Diana Britton, and I'm the managing editor of WealthManagement.com. For those of you who are new to the podcast, each episode focuses on a personal development issue facing financial advisors and financial services professionals. Guests join me to talk about their journey, dealing with the struggle, and how they found healing. My guest today is Jonathan Greeson. He's the founder of Jonathan Greeson Financial Planning in Pikeville, North Carolina. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So Jonathan was born in a small town in North Carolina. He was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy when he was just about a year old, and his parents noticed that he was dragging his legs when he was trying to crawl, and he's been in a wheelchair ever since. Spinal muscular atrophy is a genetic disease affecting the central nervous system, peripheral nervous system, and voluntary muscle movement. He... Aside from that, he's written and published a book called My Online Angel about a romantic relationship he started online. Um, I think you you can get that on Amazon, right? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. And he also uh, founded the North Carolina Electric Wheelchair Hockey Association, which is awesome. And this, this podcast may be a little bit different than others I've done in that I may tell a little bit more of his story than he will today, but these are all his words. Um, it's coming from him. It, he may be a little hard to understand at times, but I felt like his story deserved to be told. Um, and it, it's a it's a good one, an important one that needs to be out there. Um, but Jonathan, I just wanted to ask you, st- kicking off, you know, what are some of the biggest struggles you faced with your disability? This is always a tough question because I don't really know life without a disability. Yeah. Um, I, I was born into a awesome family and had great friends growing up. They were always supportive. Uh, we would play outside and adapt the rules so I could be included. Um, I know a lot of kids with disabilities have a hard time with inclusion, but I, I never really did. Uh, I think being an adult is more of a struggle. Mm. Um, as a child, there are activities and funding available to help make things uh, more inclusive. But as an adult, you have to create your own opportunities. Plus, most of your childhood friends have their own families and careers and so you have to build new relationships. Mm. That's a lot easier in the classroom. <laughs> it's a lot easier in the school setting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so important to have a family and a community that's supportive 
um, growing up, I mean, that's, um, that probably made things a lot, um, easier for you, but, um, but it's still, you know, hard, it's still struggle, right? I mean, um, it's hard for most of us to imagine not having the use of our legs, you know, being in a wheelchair. We don't, I don't have no idea what it's like. Um, and so these are some of the things that Jonathan told me, aspects of his life that it impacts. He said it impacts every single part. I've been able to adapt and live a great life and just about everything able-bodied people take for granted, I can only do with assistance. Something as simple as running to a grocery store takes planning as far as transportation, making sure I won't have to use the bathroom. Someone has to help actually reach the groceries. I can't just visit a neighbor or introduce myself to a new neighbor unless they're outside because all houses ha don't have ramps. Something we don't, we don't often think about that. A great example to try would be to sit in an office chair but not move your legs. Even if your leg goes to sleep, you can't move. Someone has to help me with that too. I think people would be shocked to realize how much we use our legs if they sat still for like 20 minutes. I'm gonna read something that Jonathan wrote in 2014 about an experience he had in 2008 when he went into a coma for two weeks. He developed the flu and pneumonia at the same time, right? Is that right, Jonathan? Yes, ma'am. And he said to me that this experience was hell. <laughs> and he, he doesn't quite know that why he's still here. Um, but here, I'm going to read um, just an excerpt from something he wrote back then. My chances of surviving were very slim. Actually, the doctors had completely counted me out. They told my parents to get my affairs in order and start planning for the worst. My preacher at that time came in and put holy oil on my head and gave me the last rites or whatever you want to call it, as I'm sure each denomination has a different term. My friends all came in to be with my family, but nobody really knew what was happening to me during the coma. Sometimes living with a disability can be emotionally taxing. My strength has always come from my faith and my belief that God created me this way for a reason. I could not let someone take that strength away. On the other hand, if my faith is as strong as I say it is, then no skeptic or critic can ever change my mind. Of course, for every critic, this story may help a hundred or even a thousand people, so it might be part of my duty to tell the story. During my coma, I had many crazy dreams. One, however, was the most vivid, real vision I have ever had in my life. I found myself sitting on a bench in a hallway. Uh, in the dream, this is the dream. I was alone and I was looking at the floor. It was as if I was watching a movie and my view came from the camera in the upper corner of the hall. Of course, the first thing I noticed was that there was no wheelchair. I was upset with myself because I was just sitting there. After all this time of never being able to walk, why would I ever sit down? Suddenly, the silence was broken by a woman running down the hall. She blew right past me on the bench and stopped at a door. She began beating on the door and it opened for her. 
A few moments later, the woman returned to the hall and walked up to me. As she stopped in front of me, my view immediately went from the ceiling back into my own eyes. I was staring at her feet when a voice in my head said, stand up. As I rose to my feet, I came face to face with my aunt, Annette. We lost my aunt to cancer a few years prior to my sickness. She didn't say a word, and neither did I. We just smiled at each other. The same voice or feeling that made me stand up came back to me again as I was looking at her. This time, the voice gave me a choice. By now, I started to realize where I was. I could either go one direction, some would call this to the light, or I could go back. I never took my eyes off of Aunt Annette, as I didn't want a, a movement to be mistaken for a decision. Then the voice said, you are not done, and a vision flashed of many able-bodied people, people with disabilities, and the final part was my parents. My mom and dad were in a room on their knees holding hands. I'm not sure if they were praying or just trying to comfort each other. There was no doubt in my mind I wanted to come back. Just so you know, when I fully recovered, we went back to the hospital to visit the nurses and doctors. My parents also went to see the lady in the ICU waiting room. I had never been in that room before, but it was the exact room I saw my parents in during my vision. I was again in the, in the vision. I was again looking at my aunt Annette and again, nothing was said. She just smiled even bigger, put her arm around me and walked me back down the hall. She knew my decision. I never looked back in the other direction. There was no need to because if you truly have faith, you don't need to see heaven to know it's there. We ended up at a door. Aunt Annette opened it and I heard a wake up. I awoke in the hospital, but I had a great peace over me. I knew in my heart that I still had to fight, but I would get better. I'm not sure about everything that he intends for me to do while I'm here on earth, but I believe that my aunt was part of his way of telling me that whether I'm here on earth or with him and my loved ones in heaven, I'm going to be okay. I will say this to all of you who, that have your doubts. When my aunt was dying, one of her last statements to my mom was, don't worry, if something happens to Jonathan, I'll be there waiting to take care of him. Wow, that's a incredible story. And Jonathan, we're so glad that you made it through that time. Me too. <laughs> it, it sounds like one of dark times in your life. I want to switch gears a little bit because, you know, a lot of the challenges of being in a wheelchair involve money, right? Um, and so I asked Jonathan about what, what are some of the uh, expenses involved in uh, having a disability. He says his his uh, wheelchairs normally cost around $20,000. Sometimes it's less, but for my needs, it's usually between fifteen dollars to $25,000. I'm actually in the process of ordering, ordering one now with all the different paperwork needed for Medicaid, Medicare, etc. It takes about three to six months to get a chair. I'm in the chair all day, so I need to be able to recline and stretch out to help my joints and prevent pressure sores. 
I sleep at night with a BiPAP machine. Is that how you say it? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people have CPAP machines, and you've probably seen commercials about them. They're similar to mine, but mine has a few more options in case I have emergencies, such as a battery backup. It can also be used as a ventilator in case I have another tracheostomy. Tra- say that for me. Tra- tracheostomy. Tracheostomy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he, he says, I'll never use that feature. Some things are miserable. <laughs> try, try poking your finger on your throat and just hold there with a constant pressure. That's what a trach is like all day long. Anyway, that machine is probably about $10,000, but I believe we rent it so a company can maintain it for us. Insurance pays for that, too. Thank goodness for insurance, right? Um, But at the same time, uh, insurance is a fight. Uh, If one piece of paper isn't right, the entire application is thrown out. For example, there's finally a drug to treat SMA. It's very expensive. It's injected in your spine three times a year, and each shot costs $125,000. Wow. Not including the hospital cost for giving you the injection. I'm getting it now, but it took over a year to get pre-approval. It was really tough because all of my friends were getting it, but for some reason, I couldn't. I sent a lot of emails, and finally the hospital board approved me. Good news there. My -hmm. doctors were great because they would suggest who I should contact because they couldn't do it themselves, and I didn't want them to lose their jobs because of me. The main thing is that we got it done, and I believe the medicine is helping me. Regarding Social Security and Medicaid, they are great programs and help a lot of people, but man, they're a pain in the butt. If If you make too much money, you can lose your assistance which means insurance and everything. There are ways around it, but you have to really want to be successful because learning all of these rules is a full-time job in itself. I can't imagine. What drives me every Mm -hmm. day is to have enough money where I can get off the system and be truly independent. But it has to be done the right way in a slow building process. The only other options would be to win the lottery or marry someone who is already rich. That's a good option. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just reading some of your struggles with Medicaid uh, and Social Security, it's so hard to navigate the bureaucratic systems there. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jonathan, what got you interested in becoming a financial advisor? Um, I'm one of those uh, strange people who knew exactly what they wanted to do as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, my idea of the career was wrong for me because I wanted to be the uh, Wall Street mogul like you see in the movies and you know, make millions and millions of dollars. And I'm a small-town guy, and I believe my impact can be greater here. Yeah, um, like the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I asked Jonathan, you know, how accepting or supportive the financial services industry towards people with disabilities and in wheelchairs. 
And this is what he said. He said, I graduated college in 2004, and it was extremely hard to be a financial advisor. I think part of that was that I couldn't go, I couldn't go into a prospect's home, play golf, or take them to a nice dinner, which is a, a, in this industry is a lot of how advisors build their book of business. I couldn't even get into one of those offices for the interview because they had like 30 steps. I didn't get that job, but the owner had a nice Rolls Royce in the parking lot for me to look at, so that was neat. I think my main problem was that I was fresh out of college and didn't bring a list of clients with me. Firms weren't too excited about my dream of building wealth through long-term relationships where accounts start small. One firm even said I was too nice. I thought that was a good thing. Anyway, when my friend Wes introduced me to Formula Folios, they immediately felt like home. They didn't care about my disability at all. They just wanted me to chase my dream. I'm never pressured about my low AUM. I'm sure they want me to have more, and so do I, but they know I'm building something different. I think they're designed perfectly for me and other independent advisors. Jonathan, I, I know, uh, can you explain what Formula Folios is? Is it a, um, a independent RIA? Is it um, a custodian? It's an independent RIA. Um, that you're affiliated with through? Right. Yes, yeah. Ma'am. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and how, I mean, what would you say, how has being in a wheelchair most of your life shaped who you are today? Um, I think it's helped my perspective. Uh, mm. When I fail at something, I know it's not the end of the world. It's yeah. a small, small roadblock, and I, I may just need to find another way. Um, I guess I don't sweat the small stuff. That's right. Mm. Uh, my feeling is that if your biggest problem is a famous person, saying something crazy or seeing something offensive on Facebook, then your life's pretty good. I'd like to figure out how to get 24-hour care out going into a facility where my parents and other help me. So to me, that's important. And not what a politician said this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good perspective to have. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of the, it sounds like a lot of the, more of the challenges for you have been as an adult, not when you were a child. Um, and mm-hmm. that's something that you have to think about. How have you found healing in your life? I mean, being, it's difficult. But, and what's carried you through the hard times? Right, definitely my faith. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. I think Mm -hmm. making the realization that God wasn't punishing me with a disability and was actually using me for a greater purpose was a huge deal. Um, Mm -hmm. God never promised that we would have an easy life, but we are promised eternal life through Jesus Christ, and that eternal life sounds uh, good to me, so... I'm focused on that. Um, of course, he definitely gave me the right family as well. 
I don't think I would have made it this far without the uh, deaf support. Um, I also find a lot of inspiration in learning the stories of great leaders and business people. Mm. Their biographies show the struggles they face, and they didn't raise up rich and famous. They they face adversity instead of chase their dreams. So I can relate to that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I know a lot of people that I talk to, they take their struggles and the adversity that they've faced and they turn it around as a positive and 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 think of it as something that makes them stronger and makes them more successful in life. Because, you know, if you can face these types of things, these types of struggles, you can go through these hard times. Some folks find comfort in that they can do anything. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I think that's a great perspective. Are you still playing hockey these days? Um, not competitively, but I do still practice uh, alone because it's great exercise. Yeah, and great exercise. Pl- plus, if you uh, imagine your frustrations as the ball, it feels good to slap it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... Well, I mean, it's great that you brought, you know, electric wheelchair hockey to North Carolina. That's a big, uh, big accomplishment. Um, So I I think this was great. Uh, We're just about out of time. uh, But I'd like to thank my guest, Jonathan Greeson, for being on the show and just uh, for being so vulnerable. I know it was a lot through uh, me, um, you know, but again, these were these were your words. And um, Mm -hmm. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. And if you'd like to reach Jonathan, you can reach him. You can email him at jonathan at jonathangreason.com. We'll have that in the show notes so you know how to spell it and everything. Uh, You can also connect with him on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, He'd love to connect with, with anyone. So... If you yourself have a struggle and you wish to share your experiences and help others in similar situations, please feel free to reach out to me at transparencywithdianab at gmail.com. I'd like to thank you for listening to Transparency with Diana B. If you've not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This is Diana Britton reminding you that where there is healing, there is hope. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Transparency with Diana B podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of wealthmanagement.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding your particular situation.